are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Are you ready? I'm super excited that we're kicking off a brand new series today called When the Devil Knocks. When the Devil Knocks. Today we're going to hear part one of this three-part series that I believe is a key to your spiritual journey. Why are we talking about the devil, you ask? Well, let me just say this at the front. We're not here to glorify the devil. We're not here to make the devil bigger than what he is because we already know he was defeated at the cross. And we are gonna come to find out in this series that we have power to overcome all the tricks, all the schemes, all the traps that the enemy brings to our life, okay? So we're gonna expose him in this series and we're gonna learn how to better fight our spiritual enemy. I I believe probably one of the greatest tricks um, the devil ever pulled was to convince people he doesn't exist. To convince people he doesn't exist. Can I tell you that the devil's real? Um, He's not that guy in the red suit with the pitchfork, the tail and the horn, that... That's not him, that's the cartoon version, but the devil is real. And we need to know who he is, and we need to know his assignment. I heard this story this week. There was this young daughter who was about to get married to the love of her life, and she came to her mom and said, Mom, I can't marry John. And the mom said, what do you mean, why not? She said, because he doesn't believe in the devil. The mom said, go ahead and marry him. I will change his mind on that real quick. (laughs) That's the best joke of the day. You don't laugh at that. You have problems. Here's the truth, church. We, We are in a real battle. And you need to know that. We're in a real battle. And our God is the God of light. And the devil is the God of darkness, the small G-O-D of darkness. And you need to know that our God only has truth and the devil only has lies. You need to know that Jesus said, I came to give you an abundant life and the devil came to destroy our lives. So we're in a real battle that's going on. You see, God has a plan for your life. The devil has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. The devil has a plan for your life. Be ready for both, but be wise enough to know which one to battle and which one to embrace. Did you hear that? Be ready for both. So the scriptures teach us that this battle that we're in is not against flesh and blood. It's not against your neighbor. It's not against your spouse. I know you think it's your spouse. They got a devil in them. I know you think it's your boss, right? But that's not the battle we're fighting. The Bible says that we're we're fighting against powers and principalities of this dark world, okay? 
And this is why I want to teach you for the next few weeks how we fight against the devil. But first, you must know who you are fighting. You must know who he is, what his DNA is. You must know a little bit of background on where he came from. God, before the foundation of the world, created three archangels. Their names were Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. Lucifer was the archangel put in charge of all the worship. He was over all the worship in heaven. He was called the angel of worship. He was called to be full of wisdom. But something began to happen in the heart of Lucifer when he seen that God was getting all the attention and glory. He became jealous of God. He, he became jealous of God and he fell into pride. So God cast him down from heaven to the earth. And he said, hey, take your cronies with you. Boom, kicked out his buddies. One third of the angels fell to earth and are now represented in the devil's crew. They are now represented as demons on this earth. Do you hear me? One third of the angels turned into demons and went with the devil. So he's on this earth ever since. And you say, what does this have to do with me? Well, it has everything to do with you and I because you and I were created in the image of God. And the devil hates God. He hates God. And he hates that you look like God. Come on, you look like your daddy. You look just like your daddy. You're created in the very image of God and there's nothing the enemy can do. And he knows that if, 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 if they get a hold of who God is, if they really believe this by, if they really follow God and they live for him, he, he knows that, 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 that you'll skip the lake that bakes. Come on, somebody. And you'll be in eternity with Jesus forever. And he just doesn't care about that. He wants to rob you of the days of heaven here on earth. See, see, God said he wants to give you days of heaven here on earth. You see, I don't think you should struggle through life all the time. I don't think you should be, I'm just waiting for my day when I go off to glory. Ain't nothing going to change. I believe that the joy and the peace and the presence of God is for us right now. That we can experience that now. The devil wants to rob us of the now and he wants to rob us of the later. That's who he is. That's who he is, and so he comes after us, and it's not if he attacks us, it's he already is attacking us. It's not a matter of if, he, he, he's, he's knocking. So this series, um, I want to help, it's designed to help arm us when the devil knocks. So here's where we're going in the next three weeks. The first week, which is today, we're going to talk about this. Here's the strategy of Satan. Satan is the deceiver. Someone say deceiver. Deceiver. Who attacks your mind with lies. Week number two, we're going to look at this. Satan is the accuser who attacks your heart with accusations. Someone say accuser. And then week number three, Satan is the destroyer who attacks your will with pride. Someone say destroyer. But today, let's launch out into 
this thought that Satan is the deceiver who attacks your mind with lies. Look at John chapter 8, verse 44, if you have your Bible. If not, we have a Bible for you on the screen to the left and to the right. It says this, he was a murderer from the beginning, speaking of Satan, not holding to the truth, for there is what? There is what? No truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. When he lies, he speaks his native language. You know what his native language is? Lionese. <laughs> Folks, I, it, it don't get much better than this. I worked three days on that. Tell your neighbor to smile. Lionese. Anytime he speaks, he is lying. Well, well, how do I know if the devil, it's the devil or it's it's just me or it's God? How do I know? How do I know if the devil's lying to me? If his lips are moving, he's lying. He's lying. He's the father of lies. And this was his first strategy we find way back in the Old Testament in the first book of the Bible. He's been doing this for a long time. So it didn't just start when you got saved. This has been going on for a long time. It happened in the garden. With, uh, there was a, a man and a woman named Adam and Eve. You ever heard that story? Pretty cool story. You ought to read it. Um, and he comes into the garden and he begins to deceive and lie to Eve. I don't know where Adam was. The, the text doesn't tell us where he was. Maybe he was out mowing the lawn that day. Maybe he um, was out checking his plants and his flowers and his fruit trees that day. I don't, maybe he was tired after a long day work and he was in his lazy boy recliner. I don't know where he was, but what we do know is he wasn't there when the serpent came to deceive Eve. And the serpent came with one trick up his sleeve. And it's the same trick that we're battling with today in 2018. The serpent came with a lie, with a lie. And it was a lie completely directed at God's word, at God's word. And that's very important to remember for our message today. So he slithers in as a serpent, the Bible says, as a serpent. Now, there's been two kind of things in the church. You got one side saying, oh, you better not have any serpents or snakes in your house. That's, that's the devil. The devil's in there. Then you got a whole sector of the church. So let's play with snakes. We got power to overcome them. If they bite us, we're good. It's just weird stuff happens in the church. I don't know why. But, um, you know, here's the thing. He can take form into any person or anything he wants. He just chose the snake to come in. Okay, so if you go over to somebody's house and they got a snake, don't start pouring oil all over their cage and <laughs> you got a devil in here. I felt the spirit of evil in here. No, it's not in that snake. I don't like snakes. That's just me personally, but there ain't a devil in the snake. It, it's what he chose to come and lie. He may choose a friend for you to work through. He may choose a coworker to come through. He may choose a family member. He may choose your boss. I don't know. He may choose somebody to work through to lie to you and I. That, that's what he is. That's his nature, remember? What's his language? Good job. Now, let's talk about this because there are so many ways that the devil could have tried to take Eve away from God. 
right? I mean, the first thing he does is he comes at her with a lie concerning the word of God. But there's so many different ways that, that he could have got Eve off track. He, he could have said, hey, Eve, you know what? Adam really doesn't love you. Like, like, like God, God just made you because he felt bad for Adam, but he really doesn't love you. Um, he could have said, um, you, know, um, you know, he's really sick of you telling all your feelings each night to him. He could have said this, Steve. He, he, he could have said, you know, he really just wants to go and hang out in his man cave. Literally. Literally. Think on that. He doesn't want to be around. Some, some of you in the back got it. You're slow, but you're worth waiting on. He wants to go hang out in his man cave. He could have said, Eve, you know what? He liked it better before you were here. He liked, it was much better, more quiet than you, then. Um, and by the way, Eve, he wants his rib back. Because <laughs> you ain't taking no rib from a brother. We eating all of them. Come on, somebody. Don't touch my ribs. Now we're just having a little fun here, but I, I need you to understand what he attacked her with, and that was the word of God. Someone say the word of God. The word of God. Two different ways. He attacked Eve in two different ways. He attacks us. Number one, the deceiver questioned God's word. The deceiver questioned. Look at Genesis 3.1. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Did God really say? The, the enemy loves to question, put a question mark behind the promises and the words of the Lord over your life. He loves for you to question God. He loves for you to say things like this. Like, is the Bible even real? Like, I know I've been coming to fuel for a few, but I don't really know if this is real or not. He loves for you to question the things of God. He loves to seed you with, with thoughts of doubt and unbelief so that you'll question everything that's in that Bible. He loves for you to ask questions and, and, and for you to say, man, I don't know if there really is a creator that created all this. It must have been just some big bang and boom, whoop, there we are. Concept that happened. He loves for you to question God's word. He loves to slither into our lives and put a question mark behind the word of God. He loves for you to say things like, does it really take all that to live for Christ? Like, like they, they want me to serve and they want me to be on a drink. Like, I, don't, I just don't think it takes all that. I'm just going to come to church, do my thing and then bounce because I really don't know if this thing's working in my life or not. He loves to put question marks behind the promise of God. He loves for us to say things like, man, this stuff about the pastor saying, you know, we're getting free from our hurts, our hangups, and our habits. That was for Christians way back then. We live in the 21st century. We live in 2018 now. Surely I'm okay. I don't need to get free of any past baggage. He loves to question the promises of God. And that's what, where we find Eve. 
God said to them, you may eat freely from any tree in the garden except one. Eve gets in this conversation with the serpent and her mind really becomes scrambled and confused. And that's what the enemy likes to do. She doesn't even really make sense if you read the text. And we're going to read some of it here in a moment. But that's what the enemy likes to do. He likes to send people into your life that confuses you. Have you ever had people in your life and you get around them and you like, you start to get confused when you're around them? Well, the Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. And so you're hanging around people who are unstable in their walk and they're confusing your life and they're confusing your marriage and they're confusing your parenting. You gotta watch who you hang with. You gotta watch who you allow to speak into your life because a lot of times the enemy will use people to confuse you. You gotta watch who you tell your problems and struggles with. Oh, you need somebody. You need somebody to help you find freedom. The Bible says confess your faults one to another. You need people in your life. You need to do life together with somebody, but you don't need to do it with everybody. Be careful who you let pray for you. Be careful who you let lay hands on you. Be careful because the enemy will use people to come and try to confuse you. Yeah, he'll seed your mind with thoughts of doubt and unbelief. And so here we find Eve and she's in this conversation. Look at Genesis 3, 2. Says this, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat. Fruit from the trees in the garden. She left out something very important. She said, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, except, remember what God said? God said, she actually left out two key words. You may freely, someone say freely. Freely. You may freely eat of every tree in the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Except that one. And so Eve's having this conversation and she leaves out the word accept. What is she doing? She's implying that God was holding back on her. And her thought was this, that which God said no to must be the very thing that I want. That which God said no to, it must be the very thing that will bring me true fulfillment. What happened was this, the moment Eve started questioning the goodness of God, That was when it was easier to disobey the will of God. Did you hear that, church? The moment she starts questioning, God said, freely, I've given you this whole garden. I want your life to be blessed. I want you to be nourished. I've given you this whole garden. But there's just one tree, every tree except this one, you can not touch, but she began to question the goodness of God. Listen, church, when you start to question the goodness of God, it's easier to disobey the will of God. And we find ourselves in that tension where we question God's goodness. Well, I thought by now I'd be further along. I thought by now I wouldn't have this issue in my money. I thought my marriage would be healed. Why God are you healing them, but not mine? God, your word says by your stripes I'm healed, but I'm still dealing with physical pain. Why, God? And, 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 and if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we'll question the goodness of God. We'll question the goodness of God and we'll find ourselves disobeying the will of God because we allow the serpent into it. Are you hearing this tonight? I'm preaching to myself, maybe. Listen, listen. 
God's boundaries are for protecting us and for positioning us for his blessing. Listen to this. How many parents in here? Parents, you have kids and you tell your kids you can only go when you're outside, you can only go to this yard and you can only go this far down the street. And if you live on a busy street, some of you don't even let them ride their bike in their driveway because there's cars going real fast and you have these boundaries that you have set up. Now, why do you have those boundaries set up? Is it because you hate your kids? Is it because you want to smack your kids with a paddle? No, it's because you love your kids. It's because you're protecting your kids because they're your kids. And you're, you, you set up boundaries Boundaries are blessings, are meant to be blessings, not burdens. And God gives us boundaries in his word. He gives us boundaries in his words, not to be a burden to us, but to be a blessing to us. Because he says, listen, I don't have this list of do's and don'ts. I have some boundaries and principles in my word. And I have them set up because I want them to be a blessing to your life. A blessing to your life. So God's boundaries are for protecting us and positioning us for his blessings. That's what it is. Huh? What are you doing with the question mark, the whys that the enemy's putting over your head right now concerning God's word over your life? Hmm? So number one, the deceiver always questions God's word Number two, here's the second thing the deceiver did to Eve. The deceiver twisted God's word. The deceiver twisted God's word. Eve said, we can eat from any tree but one or we will die. Now she's changing. See her flip-flop? She's confused. Look at verse four and five. It says this, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. I'm trying to give my snake. said the serpent to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Huh? Knowing good and evil. Here's the thing. Eve was already like God. You're already like God. You're created in the very image of God. So here's another lie that he throws at Eve. Just eat it. God really didn't mean that. God's word really, you know, let's alter it. Let's change it. You know, you can't alter to the word of God. You can't change it. You got to cross every T. You got to dot every I. The word of God does not change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's the living word of God. And this is what the deceiver does. He twists God's word. He twists God's word. In our minds, he makes us think things like this. Well, God is really love, and he loves me no matter what, so I can live however I want, right? Hmm? Besides, no one has the right to judge me. As Tupac said, only God can judge me now. The words of Tupac. And, and, and we, we, we twist God's word. We, I, I'm going to live however I want. And um, God will forgive me anyway. You talk about that grace and that's always there for me, right? Great, grace is not a license to sin. It's the power to say no to sin. It's the power to say no to sin. Grace empowers you to live for Christ. 
I didn't say grace makes you perfect. You ain't perfect. Grace is perfect, actually. You ain't, though. Right? Grace empowers us to live a life for Jesus Christ. Well, God will forgive me anyway, so I'll just do whatever makes me happy. And I'll just, you know what? For me, I'm just going to smoke it up, look it up, watch it up, drink it up, cheat it up, because I deserve it. Huh? I'm just going to do me. And you can do you. You can do you, and you can come here every week and do you. But there comes a point in your life where you get tired of the enemy eating your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There comes a point in your life where you're tired of him attacking your marriage, your mind, your kids. There comes a point in your life where you realize God has set up some awesome promises for your life. God has set up some blessings for your life. And I don't need to go down that path any longer because it's not adding to my life. It's not adding to the eternal me. It's not benefiting the eternal choices that I am making right now. It's not benefiting heaven in my life right now. So therefore, I got to get rid of some things in my life that are taking me down the wrong path. Here's really what I need you to understand in the next six minutes that I got with you. You are under attack. Sound the alarm, Field Church. You are under attack. Now, I'm going to preach in these seven minutes, so I'm going to take my jacket, my Tommy Hilfiger jacket off. You are under attack. The evil one is coming after your marriage, your finances, your health, your mental health, your kids. You are under attack. Listen to me. If you're sleeping in your bed tonight and you're on the second floor and your family is all in their beds, it's dark out and all of a sudden someone breaks into your house. You hear somebody, you know they are in your house. What are you going to do? Here's what I'm not going to do. Here's what I'm not going to do if there is an intruder, if there is somebody coming to harm me, my family, and my possessions. Here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to sit on the end of the bed and hope he doesn't steal my Krispy Kreme donuts. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, uh, Here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to say, man, I really hope he doesn't hurt any of my family members. I really hope he doesn't steal that thing, that picture, that possession, that my faith. I hope he doesn't. Here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to wake up Tara and tell her, hey, go do something. Someone's down there. (laughs) I tried that. (laughs) Come on, man. Did you hear that? Yeah. What is it? I don't know. Go check. (laughs) How many men done that? Come on, let's be real. The rest of y'all are lying up in church. Lionese, right there. Here's what I'm not going to do if there's an intruder about to harm my family. I'm not going to yell, hey, I know you're down there, but just please don't break the vase on the mantle that my grandma gave me. That's what I'm not going to do. But can I tell you what I am going to do? If there's an enemy coming to steal, kill, and destroy from my family, harm my little babies, harm my wife, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to fight. I'm going to get out my choice of weapon, and we're going to tango. I'm going to get out my choice of weapon, and we're going to fight. Why? I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight. You ain't destroying my home, devil. No, you ain't coming after my house. And some of you need to start fighting. 
Some of you need to take out your weapon and start fighting against your spiritual enemy. Now sit down, sit down, sit down. Y'all, see, you wonder why I go over. Y'all egg a white boy on. It's about time to fight. It's about time to fight, and it's about time to quit dr- treating the devil like he's your family pet, Fufu the dog, or your family cat, Snowball the cat, and start fighting the enemy of your soul who hates your guts. It's time to start fighting. No, not letting you lead my kids astray, devil. Nope, not in my house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, well, so-and-so, Johnny's parents, let him watch that. Let him have that social. No, not my house. Well, I don't like this house. Well, I'll pack your bags and we can go find another house down at the shelter. The shelter is accepting people right now. No, not my marriage. No, 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 I'm not going to hear that. No, not my marriage. I'm fighting for my marriage. No, I'm not letting the enemy separate my wife. No, I'm fighting. Not my money. No, no longer. I'm not making these foolish, impulsive decisions any longer. I'm tired of sliding the plastic, putting the chip in, whatever it is now. I'm tired of doing it and getting in debt and being under pressure and being stressed out, worrying about what bill I'm going to pay. I'm tired. No, no, enough is enough. I'm about to fight. How do we fight, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. I'm here to tell you in the next two minutes. (laughs) Ephesians chapter six talks about an armor that God has equipped us with. I encourage you to read it this week on your time, but he talks about the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the belt of truth, all which are defensive weapons. So he gives us four defensive weapons and then he gives us one offensive weapon. You know what the one offensive weapon is? It is called the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I feel my help coming up in here. It is the sword of the spirit. Listen to me. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive and it's active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Psalms 119 11 David said I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against it Jeremiah 1 12 says God watches over his word to perform it in my life Luke 21 33 Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away but my word will never fade it will never pass away stop 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 before the word comes out of your mouth, it must be hidden in your heart. You cannot fight your enemy if you don't know the word. If you don't take out the sword of the spirit. Well, I come every Sunday. Sunday's great and we're glad you're here. We encourage it. It's part of it. But you got to take the word out on Monday. You got to know the word on Tuesday. I ain't going to be there when you wake up in the mully grubs because it's Monday and you in a bad mood. You got to get out the word for yourself and you got to tell the enemy where to go. Come on, somebody. You got to tell him with the word of God because here's the here's the thing faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing this whole thing the reason we're all here is to build our faith every week 
The reason we're all here, everything we do is to build your faith, to build somebody's faith. Why? It is our prized possession, our faith in our God. And if faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing, then faith leaves by not hearing and not hearing and not hearing. So you can't wait till next Sunday. You got to wake up Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and you got to take a hold of the word of God and you got to fight the devil. I feel like preaching. What are you going to do when he shows up at your house? Well, I'll just wait till Sunday. No. As a believer, you have the weapons. You've been outfitted. God has given you authority. You create in the image. You just like your daddy. If your daddy defeated the devil, the Bible says that Jesus went down to death, hell, and the grave, and he took the keys so you wouldn't have to go there. All you have to do is believe in him. And he defeated your adversary. He defeated him, utterly annihilated him and his demons. And the only power, the only authority you give the devil, the only authority he has is the authority you give him. Quit acting like he's some big bad wolf. He ain't got no power. But the power you give him. Why are you allowing him to slither into your marriage? Why are you allowing him to log on through your computer? Why are you getting it through the smartphone? Why are you allowing your kids to live however they want? You live in my house. What do you mean you want to shut your door? You ain't got a door. I don't want to eat that. You don't want to eat that? You don't eat. Well, that's not my food. Exactly right. It's our food. We bought it. You ain't got no right to this food, but you better be thankful I gave you broccoli to eat. No, 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 no. But, but we live in the 21st century and we want our kids to be happy and we want them to be our best friend. Forget that. So we don't bring no correction to our kids and we got them nine, eight, seven years old on social media. It's the biggest trap of the enemy. If you didn't read the article I posted last week, you need to read it, parents. The biggest trap of the enemy. They get deceived through social media. Now, on social media, you can use it for good. I'm not saying that. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But what I'm saying is we, we allow these things into our home and we wonder why we have no peace. We allow our schedules to get so busy. And I love, I love sports. My kids are in sports. But sports aren't going to be my God or my kids' God because one day sports are going to be gone. Well, my son's like LeBron James. Probably not. Probably not, but we appreciate you believing in him. So we put them on 3,500 teams for the summer and they have no summer to play kickball, to play stickball, to go play in the dirt, to climb a tree because we're in and out of Wendy's and ballparks. Wendy's, McDonald's, ballparks. And then we wonder why our kids don't want to serve God. I love, I love my church. I want you to know I love you today, but I have to speak some truth. The deceiver's in. He slithered into your life, your family. Sometimes you got to say no to things. Sometimes you got to say no. When you live the God first life, you say no to a lot of things. There's a lot of opportunities I've had, a lot of opportunities in the last several months to do certain things, 
that would take me away from this spot, that would take me preaching in other countries, that would take me on mission trips, but I would miss Sunday. I have to say no. They're not necessarily bad things. They're, not just, they're just not for me right now. I have to say no. You gotta know how to say no because that's, that's where it starts. That's where he slithers in. I'm not saying sports are evil. Come on now. Come on now. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you gotta watch how the enemy deceives you. He's a deceiver. Do you know the person that is deceived doesn't know they're deceived? Most of the time, when I'm deceived, I find out when I'm reading God's word. And I'm like, oh man, I have, wow, God, I do have unforgiveness in my heart towards that person. When their name came up, I got a feeling in here. I, I repent, God. Most of the time, we, we don't know we're deceived. We don't know it. I have a, one of my spiritual mentors call me. Hey, how you doing? Good. Doing great. God's moving. Well, I just want you to, I just want to encourage you with this. God's using you in a mighty way, but keep giving him the glory. Don't let pride set in. It's not about you. You know what? I needed that. I needed that. I needed that reminder. It's not about me. God, I'm not enough. Unless you show up. Unless you show up. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And, and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer, mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Jesus name. It's simple as that. And uh, I encourage you find a good local church. If, if you can get to fuel church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God until next time. God bless you. Have a great week.